The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson, Andre Salveson here on the Full Court Press. Hope you're having a good President's Day. Hope you had a good uh, extended weekend if you enjoyed one. I know a lot of people, no kids. Uh, well, kids didn't have school, no school on Friday for a lot of people in the area. It was, today was a holiday, so a lot of people taking advantage of a four-day weekend if you were so lucky. But um, wherever you may be, however you may be listening, thank you for tuning in and being here with us here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. Whether you're tuning in on the uh, 106.9 The Fan mobile app, or streaming us online, 1069thefan.com, or maybe even after the fact on the uh, on our podcast. A lot of podcasts available. You can listen to us uh, on our app uh, that way or on the website. Uh, tune into some past episodes. And uh, we've had some really good interviews uh, lately. Um, and one uh, made some waves maybe in the Mountain West. We'll talk maybe a little bit more about that hmm. in greater detail later in the week. But um, we'll, we'll, this hour, we'll get into uh, the current standings in the Mountain West, like what happened over the weekend and the current uh, situation facing the Aggies and the other Mountain West teams. The latest polls are out. Uh, what kind of recognition is coming towards the Mountain West Conference? And uh, what are the current standings in uh, Region 11 high school basketball? Those are some things that we're going to really touch on this hour. Next hour, we'll get more into the Utah Jazz. Big weekend for Utah taking care of Milwaukee and Miami, and how they did it is what really stands out to me. And then they've got another big opponent, tough challenge tonight in Salt Lake City with the Philadelphia 76ers. So we'll get into that uh, next hour, so stay tuned uh, for that. But Ajay, Utah State Aggies, they were not able to find a makeup team, uh, find a replacement game, I should say, after Fresno State and uh, Wyoming ducked games against the Aggies. And so Utah State, by the time they play Boise later this week, will have played one game in 21 days. A really tough situation for them to be in. But all that being said, they are still on top of the standings in the Mountain West Conference. Now, how does that work, by the way? <laughs> like, how do we go from... um how long have, I mean, we're going to play one game in 21 days to still be on top of the Mountain West Conference. That's incredible. <laughs> they just that really they have the amazing. fewest losses. That's... That, is, that is such an underrated thing right there. Uh, that's impressive. And, and a ball, Boise State did sweep UNLV. Um, good sweep for Boise State. A little bit closer than we thought it would. But uh, it's going to be a massive challenge over there. I mean, for a couple reasons. Not only is Boise State a very good basketball team. You'll have B.J. Reigns on your show on uh, Wednesday, I think, actually. Um, and he'll chat with you, but give you a little bit more de- better detail on who Boise State is. Um, but then you're also playing, you're, like you said, first game in 21 days, man. First live basketball game. And, and someone came to, or someone hit me up on social media, Eric, and they said, AJ, you're still shooting a basketball. It's still the same rules. It's still the same concept. We need to quit making such a big deal about not playing this many or not playing games in this amount of time. Well, have you ever went into a game, cold shooting, never haven't played in three weeks, and all of a sudden went out there and just started shooting a basketball in a live Division One basketball game? No? Oh, you're still in your mom's basement. 
watching Teddy Ruxpin videos. Um, so Teddy Ruxpin, wow. Yeah. Uh, no, look, it, it's difficult what they're about to go do against a good against a good team as well. It's a it's a problem. The Aggies uh, understand that, um, and it's. I think the biggest challenge is getting rid of the rust. If they can get rid of the rust, I think we're gonna have a pretty heck of a good series. Well, and that's just it. And we've I, we've seen this when teams have had uh, several games postponed that just didn't happen that first game back. They are rusty. Mm-hmm. It, it takes them a little bit to get back into it because as much as you can try to simulate it in practice, having a different opponent, guys wearing different jerseys, unfamiliar faces, running set plays, it uh, it, it takes you a little bit. And it's not like the Aggies have a, a mediocre team to get get their feet wet <laughs> to get ready because it's uh, the Boise State Broncos who were able to take care of UNLV, uh, but it wasn't an easy cakewalk no. for the Broncos. No, not at all. Uh, and give UNLV, UNLV some credit, but I think you see what makes UNLV good, and I think at the same time you saw what UNLV's biggest Achilles is. Um, they're great when they play team basketball. They're really, really good. Ball moves well. They all got good shooters. They're really bad when they become individual players, and they become an individual at the very wrong time, which is when they need a bucket the most in clutch moments or situations. Um, they've got talent. They just can't put it together as five men on the court or you know, 11 or 12 guys on the team. It's just, for some reason, not happening. So, um, huge issue for uh, UNLV, but... Again, good win for Boise State, and very honest with you, we need Boise State to win. Going into this series this week, we need Boise State to beat UNLV, so it helps. Right. For we, we, We've joked about this many different times. For the good of the conference, Yes, as much as we would have liked to see Boise State lose, for the good of the conference, uh, Boise State needed to uh, take care so of So then let me ask you, games. so do we need a split with them? So if we win on uh, Wednesday night, are you going to be saying, hey, guys, we got to lose. We need Boise State to get a win. No. But it's for the good of the conference. <laughs> it's what the conference needs. A split. Uh, <laughs> no. Oh, sounds like... Sounds like uh, Boise State will play San Diego State the following week, and those will be other uh, quad one opportunities yeah. for the Broncos. For yeah. Utah State, that's their last chance. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, Nevada is improving. They're they're not a team to be overlooked. Yeah. They're hunting for the, the top of the conference. And by the way, BYU was offered and declined to go play in Provo. I get it, though. In fact, I talked to a beat writer down there, down south, and they said they heard within the program they don't want to face USU because if you lose at home against the Aggies, it's going to hurt big time, and they couldn't afford to have a loss at home. It wouldn't hurt them. It would be a quad one for them, for either team. Yeah, but what... Well, it'd be a quad one win for Utah State. It would have been a quad two loss for BYU. Yeah, 9315, BYU should have played us. What a joke. Team down south, probably. Uh, on a good note, USU should be really healthy for the game. Aggies just win is all I care about. Um. So, yeah, uh, they did offer BYU. BYU declined. Um. And it is because they're like, look, Utah State's a good basketball team. You bring them over here and... It may not look so pretty for us. Uh, you're right, though. They are healthy. They are very healthy. <laughs> the team is uh, ready to rev and go to uh, to take on a good Boise State team. And 6294, um, by the way, I texted in and, and wanted to give us a shout-out to Skyview Girls Swim taking state this last weekend. And by the way, the boys took second in state. Yeah, it was a great job. Uh, 
great local representation at the 4A uh, swim meets. I know there were individuals from uh, Is there Skyview, anything that Skyview hasn't from done? Ridgeline, who won state in the yeah. individual uh, uh, heats as well. So uh, a lot of uh, championship hardware coming to Cash Valley. Like, I'm we'll serious. Is there that. anything Skyview hasn't done? I mean, boys basketball state championship, done. Football state championship, done. Swim meets, championships, done. Um, have they got, are they, I swear they got one in softball. can't remember. Maybe it was Ridgeline. Um, but... Skyview just dominates. It's just crazy how good they are consistently in almost every sport. Uh, three, four, eight, six. Eric, I take good for the Aggies over good for the conference any day. But Eric, you are double jeopardying here. Double jeopardy. Okay, you can't say, "Well, we need you to split for the good of the conference," and then say, "Aggies, we want you to sweep Boise State." Makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I will gladly speak out of both sides of my mouth on that <laughs> issue. No, this is it's going to be a great series, man. Going to be really fun, really competitive. Both coaches know each other extremely well. Um, and uh, again, you know, on one side you have Derek Alston Jr., who right now is playing as a viable MVP candidate or Player of the Year candidate for the Mount West Conference against, I mean, Namish Keta, who has been about as close to that as possible. Uh, this is going to be a, well, re- a good matchup in a lot of different ways. Uh, that's true. And then, then the following week, you have another guy who's playing like he could threaten to be the yeah. conference player of the oh, week. Oh, absolutely. Grant Sherfield. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's playing great basketball. Out of his mind, isn't he? Yeah, he's been really, really good. Um, But right now, the standings in the Mountain West Conference, Utah State's number one still at 11-2. and two. Boise State is 12-3. and three. Based on the way things are, the way the, the standings work, it has Utah State and Boise State tied for first. Yeah, Colorado State is a half a game behind. They're at eleven and three. San Diego State is nine and three, a game and a half back. But even though the Aztecs are uh, eleven and three in conference play, excuse me, nine and three in conference play, and they're in the fourth position in the Mountain West, they have cracked the top twenty-five in the AP. They're one away from the from uh, being 25th in the coaches' poll. And, you know, the top 25 poll has not really mattered to me that much. Like, all I care about is is winning games right now. And, and this team, I think, is on that same that same podium. Uh, they just, I mean, you, you, you sweep or split with Boise State, you're sitting pretty going into next week because Boise State's got to go to VA Haas Arena and play San Diego State who is much better right now than they were five, six weeks ago when they played us, uh, and who have Matt Mitchell back, and who's healthy and ready to go. Uh, that's like, I mean, and then we get Nevada. And Nevada's a good basketball team, without a doubt. I'm not saying they aren't. But I'd rather have Nevada than San Diego State at home, than at San Diego State, um, going into the final week of play. Yeah, no, I, yes. I, I can agree with that. Hey, uh, uh, Derek Olson Jr. or Namiyash Keta, who's your MVP or Player of the Year right now, as we speak right here? Uh, I'll be honest, I haven't seen a lot of Derek Olson Jr. through the year. So I'm going to be biased towards Nimi. Not because of what he does offensively and, and defensively, how he impacts the game that doesn't that, that don't always show up in a stat sheet. Um, I, I lean more towards uh, Nimi. 
I think you have to consider who's the best player on the best team. That's a criteria that a lot of people will look at. But I think it's for good reason why you look at at that. Um, there have been times when Austin Jr. isn't the best player on his team. I would agree with that. Um, and it's hard for me to think of a game when Nimi has not been the best player for the Aggies. You know who I haven't heard a lot of, and maybe it's my fault that I haven't been paying attention as well, and, and if that's the case, shame on me. I haven't heard a lot about Ray J. Dennis. Now, he's averaging just three and a half assists. Um, I mean, around 28 minutes, so he's getting starting minutes practically. But, man, he, he's been pretty quiet this year. The uh, former freshman, yesterday or last year freshman, who scored, I mean, how many points in three minutes and pretty much took that game from Utah State solely on his own. Um, that matchup between him and Wooster is going to be really, really good. That is a very underrated matchup between those two. Uh, big series this week um, for Utah State and, and Boise State. Uh, San Diego State, they're at Fresno State this week. And then uh, the Rams, Colorado State, their week this week, uh, they are at Nevada. So, whew. It's a good week of basketball, really good, man. Really good basketball oh, this week in the Mountain West. Oh, man. Uh, by the way, uh, official game time for Wednesday night is 7 o'clock in Extra Mile Arena. Um, so 7 o'clock on Wednesday, 8 o'clock Friday night. Uh, 9315. Ajay, don't start the split talk again, please. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> hey, look, that, I didn't start it. Eric did. Uh, 9474 says, as a true blue Boise State Bronco fan, no one but Keta on USU's roster causes me concern. If we get Keta off his game, I don't think anyone else can take the game over for Utah State to lead them to a win. Problem is, do you have anybody who can guard Keta? That's a question I need to ask BJ probably, but mm, that's it's interesting. Um, I I don't know. With all due respect to nine four seven four. Um, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that's real because they really haven't had to rely on one individual person to to take over a game or win a game. I mean, you right, look that at, hasn't been an issue all you year. You look at their leading score, and it varies between five different starters. That's incredible. Right. I, I still think Keta is the biggest impact player on the court for the Aggies whenever he's on the on the court. But there isn't a player like Sam Merrill who takes over a game that other other teams are like. Oh, we got a game plan for Sam Merrill. Yeah, but what this team has proven is that collectively, uh, as a team, they've upped their games, and there's other guys that can get you from different parts of the floor. Whether it's Justin Bean on a putback off the bench, Stephen Ashworth sticking a three in your eye, Raleigh Worcester getting on a hot streak, Brock Miller hitting shots. So, so there's a lot of different guys who can score, and I think that's what. It sets this team apart a little bit from last year's team is that it is more of a team. Last year's team was was good. I'm not trying to take away from last year's team, but a lot of it went through Sam, maybe to a fault. Yeah, and I this would agree. team they haven't had that luxury, so they've had to each of them play better individually. So, is there a guy like um, that that scares opponents? I don't know, maybe not. But as a team, as a unit. They're they're eleven and two for a reason. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> that's a good point. They're eleven and two <laughs> in the conference, not just because Nimi has been a twenty two and twelve every night. Yeah, that's a great point. 
9310, you might be mentioning this later on, speaking of uh, Sam Merrill, but he, uh, he got to watch Sam Merrill in the Memphis Hustle win over the Salt Lake City Stars. Sam played well from deep, played good defense, missed some layups. He missed some free throws yesterday. I think it was. He had the issues at the free throw line. Yeah, I think he went 93110, helped me out, but I believe he went, what, 6 of 16 or something? Had like five triples. I mean, he is. And it's funny, like, you look at, like, the replies to the Memphis Hustle Twitter account, and it's like, move him up. Please play him. Can we can we switch him with Pat? Can we switch him with the DiVincenzo? And, I mean, they want Sam up there playing with the Bucks. That obviously says a lot of good things about who Sam is and what he's doing right now. So, good for him. Right. Good to take advantage of the opportunity. Yes, it's not the big league, but um, take the chance to play minutes and show your worth and how you can listen to what the coaches are trying to get you to do and hit your shots. Because their system in the G League is always familiar with the system in the NBA for a reason. It is to develop you to get better and then get ready when you do go to that NBA team if you get the call up, which I think sooner than later, Sam will. There's no way you can ignore what he's doing. Uh, 9315, we have different players that go off at different times in games, just like you said. How easy is that to plan for? I'd say not very easy. And that's true. And and by the way, you're right. And I didn't even think about Stephen Ashworth. Be honest with you, I didn't even think about it. Um, I do want to ask you though, with what Ashworth has been doing, and just the production he has brought offensively. I mean, defensively, I feel like Raleigh's still the better fit. Are you surprised that they haven't gone to Stephen Ashworth as the starter yet, or do you expect it just? Hey, look, he's just better coming off the bench. Give Raleigh some time, and he'll get he'll get the hang of it. It wasn't that long ago Raleigh almost had a triple-double. Good point. He has that potential. Stephen Ashworth hasn't reached that. Now, Raleigh has had some games where he's not as consistent. Stephen Ashworth has had some games where he's not as consistent. But I like having somebody like Ashworth come off the bench who's a little bit older, doesn't panic, can provide offense, plays good defense, gets, sticks his nose in there, yeah, gets knocked to the ground but gets back up. When you have Ashworth and Alfonso Anderson as part of your leading your second unit, it's not a bad second unit right there with those two guys. You really don't have a drop-off. So it's like Jordan Clarkson for the Utah Jazz. Does he play like a starter? Does he score like a starter? Does he get starter-like minutes? Yeah, a lot of nights he does. But having him on the on the bench coming off of that second unit, it's like, Where's the drop-off? That's the luxury that the Utah State Aggies have as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and, and, and it, Fonzo, too, has been great. I, and by the way, I think this is going to be a Fonzo-style game. It's going to be um, just tough, physical meat. Uh, you know, beat you, beat you up underneath the post. Like Again, we've talked about it, and I, you were the first to bring this up to me. And I, as I've watched more carefully, you're spot on. Alfonso thrives in these kind of like environments where it's just we are gonna just bruise each other up and uh and and beat you uh, each other up and um you're gonna have to fight tooth and nail for every rebound I, I think Fonzo has just been phenomenal in that kind of style of play expect for him to see some minutes heavy minutes yeah uh you're you don't need your the best of who you have um the best of what you've got against a good team very good team in Boise State. Uh, the net rankings are out. I mean, they're out every day. They get updated every day. But I prefer to look at them on a Monday morning as a snapshot of the week because Mountain West teams, you know, different things happen through the week. We don't know where they're going to land. 
So the latest update on the net rankings, Utah State is kind uh, of stayed static, as you might suspect, because they haven't played anybody. So they're at 50. Colorado State's at 43. Boise State's at 38. And San Diego State is at 23. Nevada has been moving up. They're almost into the top 100 now. Wow. They're at 104. UNLV has not done the the Aggies any favors. Uh, they're at, <laughs> at 173. Um, Can you believe we split so, with them? Does that ever just kind of stick in your craw like, split with UNLV? I mean, I know it was an exhausting stretch where you played San Diego State, Colorado State, and then you had to turn around and go to UNLV. But, man, that – wow. I'd to get that one back. I'd love to have that game too back. Oh, you know they would too. Um, Ken Pomeroy also releases. Oh, he's good rankings. too. Yeah, he's really good. Looks at a lot of different categories um, to put together his rankings. And San Diego State. But what's interesting is that some of these are very similar, and some are vastly different. <laughs> so San Diego State is twenty-three, which is the same in the net. Utah State is forty-eight, so very similar. But the Aggies are second, the second Mountain West team, where in the net, they're the fourth uh, ranked team in the rankings. Uh, Boise State is a, a 63, Colorado State at a 68, and Nevada at a 98. Wow. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> That's impressive. So tonight in the Mountain West, there are some games. Um, it's a... Uh, one game on tap. Nope, sorry. It was postponed. There is not a game. It was going to be Nevada and San Jose State. Yeah, they got postponed. They were supposed to play each other on Saturday and Monday, but that's not happening. Tomorrow, the Colorado State uh, Rams host Northern Colorado. Aggies have faced Northern Colorado. And on uh, Wednesday, it's Utah State and Boise State. And then Wyoming at New Mexico. Um but that game is going to be played in Colorado Springs at Clune Arena. Hmm. Oh, well. Hey, uh, as we get closer to the tournament, I keep thinking about it, but, man, I almost uh, I almost want to go just take eight teams and go to Las Vegas. I just don't trust this whole COVID situation. Like it takes one team, you're on the court with one team who tests positive. Oh man! Well, they I could mean, be any team, though. I know it's not like I know Utah State. I know number so, one because they've been the healthiest. No, but man, look, then 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 limit the teams that go. Eric, take six. I don't. I don't see what that solves. It, it takes away the opportunity for those other teams to have to what though? a tournament. They experience. go in there and get their butts kicked. The, Bring game like any one other year. And be why would you go? No, this is different. Like, New Mexico hasn't been home in how many days? San Jose State, same thing. Air Force just flat out sucks. Like, I mean, let's, let's, so we don't carry this COVID issue with 11 teams unnecessarily going. Let's limit it to eight, maybe six. I think eight. Just because it's easier to quarantine and manage? Sure. Why not? Less players, less teams, less issues. Maybe. Hopefully. I don't know. And look, you know what, Eric? If you do call, get caught through your hand in the cookie jar with COVID, you do. But at least try. At least try to make an effort to make sure that we're going to be able to take care of our people or to the teams, players, and staff, that we're going to give them the best opportunity. And, I mean, that's why. By the way, 9315, on a lot of teams, they would want Anderson and Ashworth as starters. Amen. 9474. 
To answer your question, RJ, no, I don't see anyone on Boise State stopping him completely. Who in the Mountain West can completely stop Keta? Good question. Uh, the plan should be limiting him by putting him in foul trouble. Look at the Colorado State game where Utah State never got it going. They got Keta in foul trouble. And once that was the case, they made him guard the perimeter and he was unable to play as aggressive as he wanted because of concern for fouling. Essentially, if someone was driving on him and Utah State was toast for the rest of the game. Yeah, Colorado State did develop a blueprint. That's for dang sure. Um, I think it's hard to copy that blueprint, though. But if anybody can, besides Colorado State and San Diego State, Boise State can, too. Well, the way the, the Broncos are built, yeah, they have that potential. Yeah, they can absolutely be an issue. This but I also think that Dorius has evolved and has improved as a player. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Dorius has gotten so much better. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, He's playing with more confidence Coach and Smith more has purpose. been very happy about him and his progression, definitely. All right, calling a timeout here on the Full Court Press. Love to continue the discussion. 435-339-0321 if you want to text in. Or you can message us directly through the 106.9 The Fan mobile app. Um, we've got, continued to talk a little bit about the Mountain West, current standings, current situations in the conference. Um, and uh, we'll also have the updated standings in high school basketball. Some really big matchups on the line this week. And uh, what the current standings are there as well. We'll talk about that coming up on the Full Court Press. It's the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson here on the Full Court Press. What? <laughs> smirk on your face. <laughs> so, Mountain West Conference play. Uh, Ajay, not really any big surprises no. over the weekend. Hey, were you surprised, though, how close that UNLV-Boise State series would ended up being? I thought, I mean, I thought Boise State would win one of those in a blowout. I guess I will say that. I am, I'm surprised it was that close. Um, Boise State, great game from Alston Jr. Yeah, he's nobody else in double figures. Yeah. Uh, he's he gotten twenty-seven better. points. I mean, that the dude's for real. Yeah, here you know maybe nine four seven four can can help me on this one. I but I still go back to that Mountain West Conference tournament. Like when the lights and cameras are on, I I feel like sometimes he tried to he tries to do too much. Tries to take over too much. He's got great teammates around him, too. That is a very talented basketball team. And Derek can be the leading catalyst of big wins and and, and great games for Boise State. But he can also do it by allowing others to be a part of it as well. If he can, if he can be a good decision maker and trust all everybody around him, which he did in that UNLV series, he's incredible. Like he, I mean, he's honestly... Every bit of an NBA draft pick that you'll expect him to be next in this upcoming uh, draft, whenever that is. He's honestly that good. Derek Austin Jr. is a special basketball player. Six for eight from three. Yeah. Yeah, they, he couldn't miss. And, and, and you know what? He had a couple contested looks, too. Like, there was a couple times where they doubled. Instead of switching the screen, they doubled Austin. And he's like, I'm still going to pull it. And he still hit it, too. I just very, very talented basketball player who's going to get a lot of respect. And I, like I said, if he can continue this trend, I, I see nothing but an NBA future in his in his career. Well, in a difficult matchup defensively, right? Yeah. He's just he's tall, he's long. He likes to play a guard type position. So who gets him on Wednesday and Friday? 
Bean? Bean's going to have to. Boy, that's... Ooh. But you know what? If Bean can shut down Mitchell, Bean can keep up. I'm not going to say shut down, but Bean can keep up with Alston. I don't know if shut down's the Just correct word. Just make him uncomfortable. Yeah, slow him down. As 9474 said about Keta, you can't stop him, but just slow him down. Make him uncomfortable. Make him give up the ball. Make everybody else beat you except for Austin. If you know if that happens, it happens. But do not let Austin be the one to beat you in that game. Bean, that's going to be I didn't think about Bean. I was kind of starting to worry there for a second because I was like, Marco, I don't know if Marco has the size. Raleigh's too small, not athletic enough. Bean, Bean gives me hope. Definitely. But that's why I think Alfonso will see more minutes too to take on Austin. Mm. Yeah. Could be. What up, Brock? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, there may be times where they... Different guys are taking runs out. Hey, you know what they did? Was it at Colorado State? That they played zone? And it it got Colorado State off their rhythm and off their groove a little bit. Maybe they throw in a zone a little bit every now and then. Have you peek at it and see if they can can disrupt the... You know, and at least, and I mean, maybe just a zone that where you keep an eye on Alston the whole entire time. You know, wherever he's at, maybe it's a matchup zone or something. Make him uncomfortable, though. I like that. So, uh, it's, uh, you said the game has been announced. The game time has been announced. 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. Correct. And then the game Friday is a later game at 8. Yes. On FS1. Yep. So two national broadcasts of this uh, series coming up this week. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, last week there really weren't any real surprises in the Mountain West with the scores and how these games played out. The teams you would have expected to win did win. Fresno State struggled against Air Force, but they still got the win. Um, Wyoming should have played against the Aggies, and they didn't. The Nevada-San Jose series was postponed. That didn't happen. New Mexico-Colorado State didn't happen. Uh, San Diego State blew out their opponents by 20-plus yeah. points. Boy, and I, you said this last week. Glad we got San Diego State when we did. I'm so Duh. glad we got them when we did because they're on a roll right now. They are just cruising. Um, and there's their series with Boise State. Next week, is that right? Is that final week of that uh, final week regular season is them, right? In Boise State, in VA Haas Arena is going to be just a dandy. That's going to be so, so good to watch. Uh, but uh, the Aggies are getting a little bit of recognition and some love. They've got the, a vote in the AP, and they've got, uh, what was it, seven? Seven votes in, from the coaches? Yes. Yeah, I think it is seven. So they've got votes in both polls. Um. Uh, San Diego State, as I mentioned, they're top. They're number twenty-five in the AP. They're effectively twenty-six in the coaches. Colorado State got three votes. Boise State got two in the coaches' poll. But um, I'm interested to see how the uh, brackets look after tonight's games. If they still think that there potentially could be four teams out of the Mountain West, or they've uh, starting to coalesce on just three. Mm. What do you uh because before it was always three and then it started to look like four. More national publications were saying, no, we really should have four Mountain West teams in, but it may start to slide back to three. What do you think? Because Lunardi has four in there still. Um all four teams would have to get to the semi well, two of those four would have to get to the semifinal because Lunardi has Boise State and Colorado State as the last four in. 
So they're sitting on the fringe of the green right now. And um, so what? Maybe two of the four has to get into the semifinal of the Mountain West Conference Tournament, would you say? Yeah. That being Colorado State and Boise State, San Diego State and Utah State, I'm assuming they sweep everything going into that tournament, are, are in. I think Utah State has to be in the semifinal. No matter, okay. No matter what. Okay. That, no, that's a good point. I mean, maybe that attitude changes depending on how they do this week against Boise State. Because those would be quad one opportunities. So if they, if they sweep Boise State and Nevada next week, would you still say semifinal? Uh, if they sweep and finish out the rest of the season winning four in a row against those types of teams, I'd think that they'd be in. Okay. We've been known to be surprised by the by the committee though. Four and what four and two in quad one games? Yes. How many of those are on the road, Eric? Or are all those at home? Well, the Boise games would be on the road. Oh, and those then are the quad San one. Diego State games would be Thank at home. you. Okay. I, I I missed yeah, I misheard you then. I'm sorry. I, yeah. So Boise State's a quad one game. That'd be cool. That's great. That's really good. I know Nevada won't be in that range. No. And they'll be at home too. That's all uh, right. So Utah State is currently two and two in quad one games. So if they're able to beat Boise State twice this week, they'd be four and two. And I don't know how they're not a lock after that. Certainly, you can't lay an egg against Nevada. And I think you have to at least get to the semifinal. But and here I am putting yeah, they're a lock, but they have to do this <laughs> and they have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I think Utah State has work to do. I mean, it's great seeing them on top of the standings right now, but at a fifty, at a net ranking of a fifty, I still think they have work to do. Oh man, to be a lock that scares me. I think San Diego State is a lock because of their out of conference schedule. Yeah, UCLA, really that's a nice win, isn't it? Holy smokes! Utah State has not <clears throat> been able to pick up a great road win. I mean, just look at their schedule. They do not have a great road win. That's why it's so important that they perform well this week. Because that'll be real easy for that selection committee to say, yeah, you had a good season, but you didn't beat anybody on the road. Are they going to get that picky with a 68 team field like this? I mean, they could. Because here's the thing is, I still a mid major. I think they're not a power conference. Yeah, but North Carolina's, I mean, horrendous this year. But they're still sniffing it. They're still sniffing a chance to be able to... Because uh, they still play in the ACC. By virtue of your conference affiliation, that's you're going to get a greater rec- uh, consideration. Even if you're what? I mean, I don't even know what their record is right now. Like They're like 7-5 and five or something like that, Eric, I, in the ACC. I'll have to look. I don't even know. I haven't even looked. Uh, ACC. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Where'd they go? Are they like seven and five in conference or something? North Carolina is seven and five in conference, twelve and seven overall. And they're still like on the fringe of the NCAA tournament. But Utah State, according to Lunardi, because they uh, have a fifty-seven net Daniel Hansen, yeah, but Daniel Hansen tweeted at Lunardi and asked him without the automatic qualifier, where does Utah State stand? And he said on the fringe. That's incredible. I mean, come on. I agree. Are you, do you really though? They're not there yet. They have. They don't have a great road win. Yeah, that's true. Uh, who, who's a good team they've beat on, on the, the road? road? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, their best games have come at home. They've fallen short on the road a few times. They have to win this week 
against Boise State. Do they need a sweep? I don't know that a sweep is necessary, okay. but you have to have win at least one. Of the one. Two. Certainly, if you win both, that goes a long way. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it? Long way. How much does uh, – and I, I know we've got to focus on Boise State because it's Boise State, but does Nevada scare you at all? I mean, they kind of yes. started turning the wheels a little bit and got some moment, momentum as well. It's a good basketball team over there in Reno that's coming our way. And yeah, if, if anybody wants to spoil that little senior day on a Sunday uh, Sunday evening of basketball at 5 o'clock, it's going to be Reno. I mean, Nevada has a lot of, like, just, I mean, and Steve Alford, too, has a lot of revenge on his mind um, for what's gone on the past two years and, and just being dominant. I mean, they lost that two years ago. They lost with Caleb Martin and Cody Martin here. And um, last year as well, there's some revenge over there and, going to be salivating to come over here and, and play basketball against the Aggies. Nevada's won four in a row. They're hosting Colorado State this week. Good team. I mean, this is a – they were supposed to play against San Jose State this last week. That didn't happen. But they swept Boise State in part of that four-game winning streak. But surprisingly, they lost at Wyoming. So that's what's kind of weird to try to figure out what this Nevada team is. Yeah, they're definitely not a team to be taken lightly. You know, when uh, Coach Smith has his press conference, you should ask about an upcoming opponent uh, or the t- or the tournament. Hey, Coach, looking at Nevada, you know, obviously they're uh, <laughs> we're getting ready for the Mount West Conference tournament. Do you think he'll be playing Nevada in the Mount West Conference tournament? Ajay, <laughs> we're playing Ajay. Boise State this week. I don't know. I, I don't even want to talk about, about it. State. I hadn't even thought about it. <laughs> Curious, George. Uh, Coach, uh, I was just wondering, you know, NCAA tournament coming up. And that's a great question right there. Uh, you know, we're going to see. We're going to find out, actually, you know, where we stand with the other 68 teams here in a little bit. But, Coach, I just, Alge, I don't have, look, you know what? We're focused on Boise. But he asked about some, Alge, Boise State. We're on to Boise. <laughs> Uh, yes, good stuff. Shame on you, Eric. I can't believe you pinpointed that out again. <laughs> Coming up on the Full Court Press, uh, high school standings are updated, and it's the last week of the regular season for Region 11 teams. What's on the line, and what are the matchups? There are some juicy ones yeah. on the schedule to finish it out. We'll update you on where those games are, which ones to pay attention to. Uh, that's coming up on the other side of this timeout. But first, I uh, want to continue to remind you the best of Northern Utah, presented by Thermo Fisher, It's almost here. It's coming up. It's starting on February 23rd. You can nominate the best businesses in Northern Utah, the best of whatever it is that they do. Uh, They must be nominated in order to vote on them. And so you can start nominating on February 23rd. You can visit bestofnorthernutah.com, bestofnorthernutah.com, and find out the details. This will be bigger and better than anything that's come anywhere close to this kind of a contest that we've seen in this area. Uh, using a third party, very reputable to, to tabulate the votes and the nominations. It'll be first class, very well done, and we're excited to be a part of it. It's all presented by Thermal Fisher, where they are hiring big expansion that they've just done, multi-million dollar expansion of their facilities, and they need people to get their stuff done, part of the... Uh, uh, process to get the uh, the coronavirus vaccines put together. Really exciting what they've been able to do at Thermal Fisher. 
So bestofnorthernutah.com nominations begin on February 23rd. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson here on the Full Court Press. Uh, 9310. Any word on if Joel Embiid will play tonight? Uh, latest things that we've been able to see say questionable. We'll talk a lot more about the Jazz and Sixers coming up next hour, but uh, from what we've been able to see so far, just looking during the break, uh, he has listed as questionable. We'll have the game here on the fan starting at 6.50 with pregame coverage. David Locke uh, on the pregame, and the tip-off will be at uh, at 7. And, Ajay, we've got some interesting games lined up this week here on the fan, some interesting college basketball games. Yeah. We've got jazz games. We've got some really big high school games as well. And uh, this is the last week of the regular season for high school basketball, for Region 11, I should say. Uh, Preston is involved in their district tournament this week. Uh, West Side, unfortunately, their their season is done. Um, they weren't able to get out of their district tournament. But uh, the after the games were done Friday, a big win in Millville. How about Ridgeline? Ridgeline taking care of Skyview. It was a close game, and then it was free throws that made it look like it was a wider margin than, than most of the game really was. But here's what's interesting. Friday night after the games were done and the updates went through UHSAA, Hurricane John Newbold got a screenshot of the RPI rankings before they were taken down. Because they took them down on Saturday, and they're down this week. That's you can't see the RPI rankings this week. how pulled that off. But he got it in time. And so Skyview remains number five in the overall 4A rankings. Logan is eight. Ridgeline is nine. Ridgeline has a 7-1 region record. Logan is 5-3. The difference here, Ajay, we have to keep reminding ourselves, RPI looks at your entire season. Yep, all schedule, strength to schedule opponents and all that. But this week uh, in boys basketball, probably probably the the biggest uh, matchup would be, uh, there's the, well, really the biggest one is on Friday, and that's Logan and Richline. Sure, sure. Number eight and number nine right now in the standings. A couple of these other games could be, play spoilers. Some of these other teams can play spoilers, but really the biggest matchup for boys basketball is Friday night, Logan versus Ridgeline. Uh, for the girls, two really big games coming up this week. They are just all bunched together. Three, four, five, and six in the standings. Ridgeline, Skyview, Green Canyon, and Logan all really, really close together. Green Canyon plays Skyview tomorrow. And then Ridgeline hosts Logan on Thursday. So we got some great games this, to finish out the week in Region 11 basketball, Ajay. That's how it should be, too, right? With seating on the line, standings on the line, and, and region championships still matter to these kids. Uh, that, that's kind of how you want that final week to be. Yeah, it's going to be a good weekend of basketball. And then, you know, state tournament next week. That's, that's when things really get interesting uh, with the RPI and traveling and such and, uh, um, and, and where teams are seated. So, uh, yeah, getting into the uh, getting to the good stuff here. You can see the rankings on cashvalleydaily.com. I've been able to put all that together, what their schedules are for this week, so you can plan ahead. 
Uh, for Skyview, if they want to try to maintain where they're at, at least share a uh, share a region title, they play. Uh, they host Green Canyon on Wednesday, and then they travel to Mountain Crest on Friday. For Ridgeline, uh, for them to continue where they're at uh, with the to keep a share of the region yeah. title for boys, um, they are uh, at Mountain Crest on Wednesday. And then, as we talked about, they are at Logan on Friday. So they have to finish on the road for their last two games. Mm. Um, but really, those those are the big ones to to pay attention to uh, for the boys this week. And we'll have all those games on our family radio stations here on the Cash Valley Media Radio Network. Um, these have been fun games. Uh, oh, yeah. Some of these have been down to the wire. Uh, surprising some of these, just how many games have been won by double digits. But that's kind of the theme, I think, this year for a lot of high school basketball, or excuse me, for basketball period. We see some games that are really close, but a lot of games are just blowouts. And I don't know if it's just COVID or just how the team's feeling that day or if there's just really that kind of disparity in the talent level throughout the area. But Skyview and Ridgeline have been playing really well since they got into region play. And those teams down south, though, uh, it's a team out of it's Region loaded. 9. It's loaded. Really, really good. And uh, Juan Diego out of Region 10 playing really good basketball. Well. Yeah, that's the thing is, like, as good as our teams are playing, Ridgeline and Skyview are playing, it's still an issue down there because, I mean, with all due respect to Skyview and Ridgeline, those are the best teams in the state of Utah. And, like, when I talk to the state of Utah, I'm talking their six classifications. They're in the top five and in, in like, totality. Of of just being the best, uh, and and it's and it's uh, Desert Hills, it's Juan Diego, it's Dixie, it's Dixie. I mean, we're talking three or four teams down there who would probably run away with this region right now. And again, that's with respect to Skyview Ridgeline, and and maybe Logan. Excuse me, maybe Logan, but that's just that's that's different basketball down there. What they got going on, and it's it's going to be tough to beat any of those teams. Uh, the final RPI rankings, and by. De facto, uh, uh, the rankings and, and set up for the uh, basketball tournament for high school basketball, that will be all released and known starting Saturday morning at 9 a.m. So we'll have those details as soon as they come out, and we'll have it on CashValleyDaily.com later this weekend. Be sure to check on Cash Valley Daily throughout the week for photo galleries of these games to see the scores and the action as it happened in our uh, local gyms around the area. And uh, – not to be left out, but best of luck to Preston as oh, well. Oh, yeah, their Preston's been tournament. awesome. Yeah, thank you for reminding me about Preston. Absolutely. Uh, i just been so un- – that's a team that's always going to be in it no matter what, and that's what makes the rest of the district and state feel uncomfortable is if Preston's in it, you know they got a shot. <laughs> right. <They're, laughs> that's so incredible The, the district tournament in Idaho, it's a double elimination. So uh, Preston, if you if it's uh, Century or Pocatello that beats them, they have to try to beat them again, and that's a, a really hard thing to do. But uh, the district tournament will take place this week and next, and then uh, whomever advances out of that goes to the state tournament uh, next week. So best of luck to the Preston Indians, who are also still uh, still in it. All right, we're going to call another timeout here in the Full Court Press. We're going to come back, some final thoughts of the hour, and tease what's coming up next hour as we'll dive deeper into the Utah Jazz. And, uh, yeah, little thing we call the pick six, Ajay. You think you won? You feel good? Oh, see, your tone of voice tells me something else. Are you, are you feeling good well, about how you did? No, no, because your you tone of voice is just giving away the answer. I want my gift. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. 
It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Uh, BJ Reigns, he's a beat writer for the Broncos in Idaho. And we're going to have him on the Full Court Press later this week to uh, preview the matchups between the Aggies and the Broncos. But uh, he got a hold of our interview with John Hartwell. And he's tweeting out some of this, the quotes from Mr. Hartwell and to getting some interesting reactions. He's putting an article together about how UNLV and Utah State both boycotted the idea of changing the venue for their matchups, uh, respectively. Uh, from last weekend, this week, into a different county just so Boise State could have fans. Um, hasn't set well with Boise State administration and their fan base. So uh, B.J. Rain's putting an article together about that, so we'll watch for that. You know well, that'll be part of our discussion when we speak later this week. Coming up next hour here in the Full Court Press, Utah Jazz had a great weekend with wins over the Bucks and the Miami Heat and doing it in different ways. Uh, update the standings in, throughout the NBA. And we'll get into our pick six, the six things we think uh, were going to happen this weekend. How do we do? Did we get it pretty close? Did one of us do better than the other? Well, the answer is definitely yes, and uh, it's not really that surprising. But anyway, stick around next hour. We'll get into more of the NBA and Utah Jazz right near on the Full Court Press on 106.9 The Fan. Already. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM. 1390 AM, The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. Are we on air? We are crossing fingers and toes that, yes, we are on air. (laughs) You know what my favorite thing used to be is when I was working in Salt Lake, we had this like legend coach show with McBride and Emma Lavelle. I think I've told this story already once. I'll tell it again. But we would be on there like like maybe 20 seconds into the show, and Lavelle would always, his thing was always a Diet Mountain Dew and a thing of popcorn, right? That's what he always wanted from us. So I'd always have it ready for him. And he'd be sitting there chewing popcorn, and him and Ron McBride were having a conversation, and Ron McBride's saying things on air that he probably shouldn't be saying, and then would Vela stop and be like, "Hey, are we on? When are we going back on air?" <laughs> Host would be like, "Uh, we're on air, coach. We're, we're, we're rolling. We're on air right now. We're oh. rolling." Well, did you get everything that Coach Mack just said? Because I'm pretty sure that's against NCAA violation. Holy yeah, coach! You know what else is against me? I mean, he would say, and, and Coach McBride would tell us stories that I guarantee you would, would like. He should have gotten a lot of trouble sometimes, or the program should have. Oh, I love McBride. I miss Coach Edwards, too. He was, uh, he'd always tell you like it is. If he asked a stupid question, which I did, and he would glare at you and give you a look, which he did plenty of times to me. So, <laughs> miss those guys. Anyways. Well, we're on the air. We yes. are on the air. We're going. We're we rolling. looking live. Yes, you're looking live. Uh, wintry day today, but uh, you know I what? I hate it's it. It's winter time. I hate it. It's bound to happen. Uh, but uh, a couple different things we want to get through this hour. Uh, Utah Jazz, big week, uh, big weekend that they had against some really quality opponents. How yeah. do they do against them? And uh, they've got another quality opponent 
tonight. It's that uh, two-week stretch of uh, just one great team after another. So far, Jazz are doing well in that stretch and uh, doing it in different ways, which is really impressive. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about the more detail about the Utah Jazz this hour, and then we'll recap our pick six, the six things we thought would happen this past weekend. How did we do? How close were we? Who won? And uh, that's that's the question. Who won? We'll we'll find out. Well, I'm asking you, who won? We'll find out together a little bit later on. You wouldn't even find out together. You already know. So just hour. tell me. Um, it's been tabulated. Yes, but I uh, oh have gosh. to see what the numbers. Hey, so what they tell us. You have to see because you don't know yet. Um, Jazz have been great. Well, I mean, we're gonna get into their weekend that was in the week that will be. Um, but I'm getting sick and tired of the national media just, I mean, Stephen A. this morning is, it says he's not sold, quote-unquote, on the Jazz success this season based on they, like, he thinks they're going to flounder within, like, I mean, that second half part of the schedule and that it really doesn't matter until you get to the playoffs where the Jazz continue to struggle. Like, what is it, what, what is it going to take the Jazz finally are the number one team in the power rankings, and according to the media today who uh, met with Donovan Mitchell, Donovan said, what's a power ranking? Good for him. Yeah, right? And so, I mean, they're number one on that list, though. But there's just, what do they have to do to get the national media's respect? <laughs> what else do you got to do? I don't know. I mean, because, look, the, uh, the, the Miami game should tell you everything about Utah. Look, the three-point shot was not falling. And they still... Their outside shooting was terrible. 10 of 40. And they still win by double digits. 10 of 40. And they still win by, what, 21 or whatever and it Miami is? Miami was a team that had been coming in... They had struggled earlier on, but they had been coming into their own. They were playing some good basketball. Tyler Hero was back. Should have been a big shot in the arm for them. And the Jazz still find a way to win. Giannis yeah. Antetokounmpo comes into town. He put 47 on the board the night before. And, boy, they... Yeah, and they the shut Jazz him down. shut him down. I mean, if it wasn't for that stretch of he had like four plays in a row where he just attacked the basket and got dunks or and one fouls in like a two-minute span, if it wasn't for that, he would have been held under 20 points. And the Jazz did a phenomenal job against Milwaukee. And I hadn't realized this. The last time Milwaukee won in Utah was when John Stockton was playing. I didn't realize it was that long of a stretch. Milwaukee traditionally struggles – in Utah, I, I knew that the Jazz had had some pretty dramatic close games recently, but I didn't realize it had been that string of success. So they, they took down some top teams and continue to take down top Eric, teams, but, and, and, and nobody gives them credit. It's, it, and it's how they're winning, right? Pacers, Celtics, Bucks, Heat, all finished by uh, a margin of 18-14-14-18. That was the Pacers, Celtics, Bucks, and Heat, and they destroyed each of them. Now, again, now you got a sexy matchup tonight. Jill Embiid, Rudy Gobert, uh, potential MVP candidate versus, right now in my mind, uh, unless you ask Ben Simmons, uh, Rudy Gobert is the front runner, far and away defensive player of the year. But again, Ben Simmons has a lot to say about that, vocally, verbally, and metaphorically. He well, yeah, he had a good defensive performance against... Um... Uh, gosh, uh, who was it just the other night? I watched it, and that's when he made the comment. It was um, Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers, and he felt like, oh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm, I'm a defensive stopper. 
I'm the best defender in the league. Is that why Damian like looked at him, sized him up, and then hit a three over him not once but <laughs> twice? Oh, like un- honestly, I don't, I don't get it. And, and not only that, but they've won 18 of 19 now. Um, again, you got Joel Embiid coming in, and, and and a team that is is usually in the top 10 defensively and offensively is considered a contender. The Jazz are in the top five in both right now. That's what they're doing on the floor. Offensively and defensively in the top five. Yeah, here, here's here's Utah Jazz, and this is uh, a courtesy of Jody uh, Genesee, actually, who dug this out after the Stephen A. Smith ignorant comments. Uh, the Jazz are the, the only team with the top four offensive and defensive rating. Offensively, the Jazz are the number four team in the NBA. Defensively, the number two team in the NBA. The only other team with the that's in the top 10 of, of offense and defense are the Lakers. They're 10th offensively and first defensively. So the, the the Jazz are playing elite basketball both offensively and defensively. I mean, this isn't about opinion. This isn't about style points. It's about the numbers. And the Jazz are doing it against quality opponents. It's not like they've had a garbage schedule here, AJ. No. This has been one of the tough. We all kind of knew this stretch was coming and said this is going to be the toughest stretch for them right here. And, and they're in the thick of it. Now, they've already gotten over halfway through it. You still got to play the Sixers, Clippers twice, and then the Lakers. Lakers might be without AD, though. We'll get into that more later on. Um, but, I mean, you're, you're looking at a pretty good stretch where you're going to most likely come out of 500. I don't think they're getting swept by the Clippers. In fact, I mean, because Kawhi and Paul George, I would imagine, will sit out tonight. Kawhi's got some, I, I think he's got some hamstring soreness. And then Paul, G's, or, yeah, Paul George has got a uh, swollen toe. So they're both out. I would imagine they're out tonight. I think they'll play for either one or two of those games coming up against Utah uh, this week, Wednesday, Friday. But, uh, look, you could easily finish out of here with either going undefeated or one loss because I don't think AD's going to be back in time for the Jazz game next week. It's just uh, impressive. Yeah, it is. It really is. I mean, uh, we, they've, they've gone through this, this stretch – and what was impressive um, in the in the game against the Bucks, they made fourteen three pointers, which is actually below where they've been a little bit. Um, and in their game against uh, Miami, uh, it was even less than that, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, they made twelve. They're twelve of 26 percent from three. And they still beat them by 18 points because it's that elite defense. It's finding other ways to get the offense going. They did a much better job of attacking the rim. Your your main guy, George Niang, with 14 I, points off it. the bench. You love George. I'm sure you do. You got you like you got you got seven Royce O'Neal starting, and you got 12 George Niangs <laughs> off coming off the bench. Man, solid team right there. Gotta go deep. Oh. But um, yeah, this is what the Jazz okay, are doing, so, and they're they're slinging the ball around. Everybody's touching the ball. Everybody's having fun. Everybody's engaged. Everybody's participating and producing. There was a stretch. Their Jazz on Saturday against the Heat, they were down like what seven, eight points. Yeah, 
Yeah, and then went on a major run. And, and that first half so, was close. It was it was anybody's game at halftime. But how they came out to start the third, Donovan just went on attack mode. He had like six or or eight straight points. Just took over the third quarter, and the Jazz just ran away with it from there. Huge third quarter for the Jazz. And the uh, what was it like halfway, almost? two-thirds of the way through the quarter, did Miami finally score a bucket in the yeah, third quarter? 5-56, I think, is when they scored a bucket. So which, and, and let me ask you this, which victory was impressive to you? The 129-115 over Bucks or the 112-94 over the Heat? So I take Saturday's me game. Me too. I would too. I mean, they're, <laughs> it, it's not a team Nothing with a, against as good Bucks, of a record, but but it's how they did it. And and, well, and, and you're right, but the Bucks were, I mean, J. Rue, uh, uh, I mean, Holiday still, I think he's, I mean, he's still trying to come into it. Chris Middleton wasn't all the way there. I mean, Giannis doesn't, oh, Giannis doesn't look healthy. I'm going to be on. But that dunk over Giannis was sweet by Gobert, by the way. He got every bit of that. I mean, he gave him the whole six-piece McNugget on the side, holding napkins and no drink kind of dunk. I mean, that was saucy. <laughs> So, I like that. But the Heat, just the way they dominated, when they wanted to take over, they did. didn't they go on a 16-0 run, right? Is that what it was? A 16-0 run? That, that, that yeah, run was... to start off the third was just incredible. And it was just ball, the ball movement, by the way. The uh, Was this the one where, if I'm not mistaken, and I can't know if it was this game or if it was the Bucks game, where the ball was swung to Bogdanovich on a, on a skip pass, he has to go in the air, catch it behind the back to Donovan Mitchell, which probably wasn't the smartest pass. Got to him, though, thanks to Donovan Mitchell's long arms. And then he throws a baseball-style pass to the opposite side. I think that was the Bucks. game. Was that the Bucks yeah, game? Yeah, because that was the game that Joe Ingles was, like, unconscious from And three. then Bajanovic pump fake, drove to the lane, then fed Gobert for a dunk. Like, that ball movement was incredible. Well, there was – well, uh, when Donovan crossed the full – Side of the court over yeah. Joe. He hit a three. Yeah. And then in the Miami game, they had a possession where they had like six different passes. Is that where it swung from like one corner to the next? Yes. Back to bottom inch. Okay, that was the They one. had them like, the defense was just running with their See, it's just ball movement. It, it, it's always understanding that there's a better shot if you look for one. And usually the best shot ends up being a Rudy Gobert dunk. Absolutely. Far and away. But about Yonovich, three isn't a bad deal, um, even if it's contested. Uh, I just Donovan Mitchell's making good decisions. He's not forcing it as much, which is really nice to see. Yes. And Eric, again, I, I'm with you. The bench play has been fantastic so far. Yeah, they're not forced. Donovan's not forcing when he's in moments where he takes over, like the start of that third quarter. It just felt natural, like he could see opportunity oh, and yeah. he was attacking. He wasn't yeah. forcing the issue and not trusting his teammates. He was setting a tone, and I think there is an important difference. And, and because as the game continued to play out, other guys were doing things and still contributing. Because earlier in his career, there'd be times where he would just take the ball and Donovan against the world. And sometimes that was okay. It was, hey, someone's doing something, so let's keep going with it. But at other times, he needed to trust his teammates a little bit more. And Quinn Snyder, multiple times during the stretch, has said, look, this team doesn't care who has the points. This team yeah. doesn't care who gets the buckets. They don't care about who gets the assist or the rebound. We're all we're playing together as a unit. And just consider where this team is compared to where they were almost 11 months ago. Just, a, just incredible to see the growth and how they've been able to uh, stay together 
and then grow from that too. It was starting to have some shades of what this team was going to look like this year. We're, we're starting to be seen in the bubble, but they've just enhanced it. Yeah. And it's impressive to see what they're able to do against their opponents. And you're right. I love that bench play. There just isn't that much of a letdown no. this year. Like last year, when and, Rudy or Donovan sat, it was like, hang on are, until yeah, they can exactly. get back onto the That's court. That's exactly right. I think Favors has done a big portion, like a part of that, right? I think you said it at first when they when they first signed Favors was, it, it's going to take a lot of pressure. It's going to alleviate a lot of pressure off of Gobert, and especially off of Snyder, that he can sit Gobert for some minutes and get Favors in and still have that same productiveness. Now, is he going to get the the five or six blocks or whatever. Probably not. But you're going to have the same production and just leadership on the court when Favors is on it. And, and you know that he's going to be trusted. Um, and I've also been really impressed with Joe Ingles as of lately. I know I kind of dogged on him there for a bit. But I felt like he's he's been steady Eddie, as Coach Craig Smith likes to say. Um, just with the ball, making decisions off the pick and roll. I know uh, I, I see Tony Jones tweeting about it all the time, about just how good of a decision maker Joe Ingles is on a pick and roll situation, which is not easy. By the way, he makes it look a lot easier than it is. Do you see Joe's uh, plus minus on Thursday, or I, excuse me, on Saturday against Miami? I did not see it. I haven't seen any yet. Plus 30. That's got to lead the team. Plus 30. I don't know that I've seen a plus 30. At least not in a long time. Give me his line again, will you, please? I don't even. Eight points. Okay. One steal. Okay. Six assists, three rebounds. I mean, on, that alone doesn't look that impressive, but it's how he helps his team when he's out there. Yeah. Inserting him into the starting lineup with Mike Connolly down, Jazz have not missed a beat. See, and, and by the way, uh, Coach Quinn Snyder said this, man, maybe every year he's been there. Uh, the first year he got there, uh, first or second year, might have been the second year he was there, first, so first full year, um, he said he fell in love with Joe. Like, he would talk to Joe, and he'd go, you know, uh, he would ask, because he'd have to, you know, ask players, you know, what are they seeing? And Joe would kind of be over, come over and, like, like voluntarily come over and say, Coach, I'm seeing this, 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 and this. And then they go look at practice film or whatever, and they'd be like, sure enough, that's exactly what it is. And then Joe would come into a game and say, hey, Coach, I'm seeing this, this, and this. If you do this with A, B, and C, then you're going to get a three every time. And Quinn followed his lead. And the more that Joe continued to voice his thoughts on the game, the more that Quinn continued to trust him. And now Quinn has said he's his most trusted player on this team while on the court, without a shadow of a doubt. That says a lot. And I've said this before. Joe Ingles really is the secret sauce for the Utah Jazz. Just how he... He's a ball handler. He's an initiator. How he makes things happen offensively and defensively. If I was an opposing coach, uh, like for Miami, they kept doubling uh, Jordan Clarkson a lot. whenever he was in. Oh, they were mauling him. But man, I would double Joe Ingles. Keep the ball out of Joe Ingles' hands. And I don't see know, how man. that affects the Jazz <laughs> ball movement. Yeah, that's true. You, you know, you bring up a great point. I forgot about this. I remember watching it, and I think Jordan Clarkson caught the ball in the corner. And as soon as that ball was going to Clarkson, here came the double. Like they didn't even wait. And I, a couple times, I think Clarkson's gonna have to get used to it. Getting making a decision with the ball quicker. Like Joe had to get do it. Donovan's had to do it. Rudy's had to do it. Um, catching the ball and knowing where you're gonna go with it. Because if you're in the corner and they double you, you're done for. You, I mean, you're stuck there. So you got to make a decision and know where you. I mean, you're going to dribble baseline. If you're going to get rid of it, 
and someone needs to come to the ball for Clarkson as well. You're right. I forgot about that. That's a good point you bring up. Yeah, I mean, Clarkson only had 11 points, so it's well below what he's been averaging, but he did have five assists. So he was starting to recognize the double keeps coming after him, so he's going to draw them in and then dish to somebody who's who's available. And that that dish to Donovan, oh, and, oh, and then he on. threw it down, was <laughs> filthy. Eric, so let me ask you, Tony Jones wrote a great article on The Athletic today about where, like, where did this come from? What, like, all of a sudden, this team was supposed to be a four to five seed. I said maybe six, seven, or eight. Well, six or seven, fringing on the eight. You said one, two, or three. And I thought you were just out of your doggone mind. I know. You gave me all kinds of grief. So, what happened, Eric? What is it about this team that all of a sudden, and I still can't figure it out, that they're the number one team in the NBA right now? Is this real? Is it a fluke? Or are they actually a legit contender? Well, I think Saturday proved they're a legit contender. I mean, it's one game. It's against Miami. They're not a power team in the East right now. But it showed that they can do it down a a potential all-star player and without hitting a ton of three-point shots. Earlier in the season, some people were like, yeah, this is cute what the Jazz are doing, but can they really sustain this three-point barrage? What happens if they can't hit from beyond the arc? Well, they proved that both Friday and Saturday, they can still find ways to win if, even if they're not hitting from three. And the key is that they have different ways to beat you. The way Rudy's playing in the paint, the way Boyan can back guys down and <clears throat> at, at times, he takes advantage of mismatches, and Donovan can attack the rim just like Jordan Clarkson can too. So they have guys that can beat you in different ways. And, that's, and then with the Derek Favors uh, coming off with that second unit, there really isn't that much of a letdown no, defensively. There isn't. there isn't. You still have a rim protector, a guy who can roll on pick and rolls and has great hands. Um, it just They've improved their depth, and they're just more time together. Jordan Clarkson didn't join the team until about midway through the season last year. Mike Connolly, he practically missed half the season last year. Um, it, it, there's, you know, Boyan Bogdanovich was not available for the playoffs. So this is a team that's had time together, and they're all on the same page now, where they never really were all on the same page a year ago, at least not consistently. That's a great answer. Uh, I know I just and I find it like they just feel more comfortable in the system, like you said, and they find they they're more comfortable with each other, like they trust each other. Last year, I felt like that there were times that Rudy didn't trust to kick the ball back out. Or Joe didn't trust the you know to swing the ball, or Clark didn't trust. I mean, there was there was some nuance and just some new getting to know you. Can I give you the ball in this situation and trust you're gonna make the right decision? Now I think it's there. Now I absolutely. I mean, that's what an off season for this team can absolutely do. Stay healthy, and this team has. I mean, we are talking. Just not. I'm not talking about just Western Conference Final stuff. Like if you can stay healthy with this team. With under Coach Snyder, oh, sky's the limit. And I also got to ask you, so is it possible Rudy Gobert, Defensive Player of the Year, Jordan Clarkson, Sixth Man of the Year, could Coach Quinn Snyder be the Coach of the Year or are they going to snub him? I think it's very possible. I mean, you continue on this pace. I'm looking at all the other teams that are in that playoff race and none of them really say, oh, that surprises me that they're there. Absolutely. They're my coach. Like, the Jazz in the number one spot right now, assuming they can do this, 
if they can finish one, two, or three, Snyder's got to be your coach of the year, right? I would think so. I mean, I'd I'd probably guess that Doc Rivers is going to get some consideration for what's going on in Philadelphia. Um. But I mean, this is a Jazz team that was, they were supposed to, to be the anybody else that's really standing team. out. They're supposed to be a fifth. Monty place Williams team. in Phoenix. He'll get you know there'll be some strong one. consideration a, there. Yeah, 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 he's gonna get a definite look. Yeah, this is. But yeah, Quinn should absolutely get that consideration. Will Will Donovan be considered as an MVP? Probably no. not. No, no. Rudy Gobert will not be either. To be very honest with you, uh, that's just how it goes. I mean, Jokic can lose by 30 and have a triple-double, and he's an MVP leading candidate. Rudy Gobert... Same for Luka Doncic. Yeah. On a losing team. Yeah, yeah. Or Rudy Gobert could have a 45-point, 26-rebound day, and they win by 26, and there's not even a sniff of it. <laughs> anywhere. Anywhere. I mean, dude, NBA on ESPN Twitter account was tweeting missed shots from Steph Curry from 50 feet out. Not one tweet was about the Jazz destroying the Heat. Nothing. Not a thing from those guys. Like, I just, I don't get, I mean, I guess I understand the bias to a degree, but when a team's winning the way they are, and then they tweet out a photo of Devin Booker and a, and a crappy stat line and said, Suns are really hot right now, maybe hottest team in the NBA, their fifth win in a row. Excuse <laughs> me, a baking powder? Like, hello? <laughs> Never mind the team that's won what, 16 of 17? 18 of 19 at this is that point. What it is? So, yeah. Insane. So, Eric, um, I don't know how much time we got, but uh, Sixers, Jazz tonight. I, I like the Jazz. I really do. I am for so many different reasons. I know Embiid's going to get his, and he will, but I like a team effort more. Well, we'll, uh, well, let's get into that more coming up in the next segment. Um, we just got about a minute left here before we got to call a timeout. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into more of the matchups. Yeah. I think there's some really good I'm matchups. I'm interested in your juicy ones. On this. But I want to go to something that you alluded to. Great article in The Athletic today by Tony Jones. Oh, it's so good. Definitely worth the price of admission. Uh, this is a quote from Derek Favors. People think we win games because we hit a, because we hit a lot of threes. The reason we win games is because of how we defend. The defense sustains us when things aren't going well offensively until we can hit some shots, close quote. So true. I mean, Jazz are a top-five team offensively and defensively. And when the, the shots aren't falling, they're still finding ways to win. 10 of 40 from deep, and they still won by 18. Just remember that. Yeah. Uh, still, I think if, if a team gets real physical with the Jazz, can they match that physicality? Oh, well, I yeah. don't think that we've seen too much of that yet. Not yet. There's been a few cases. But I would say they could. But that would be the real question for me. And they're going to be getting into that with Philadelphia and, and the, the Clippers, Clippers and then the Lakers next week after that. So more to talk about Utah Jazz with their matchup tonight. And we'll get into our pick six. How do we do on predicting the weekend and who did the best? We'll Point discuss to that. says I lost. Coming up next on the Full Court Press. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. It just looks fun. Like, when I watch them play, it looks fun. It looks easy. It looks simple. You know, uh, for sure, for sure, they look uh, like us last year. And, um, man, when you play, when you're in that point and you're playing in that without confidence, you're, you're hard to beat, for sure. That's Giannis Antetokounmpo for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks after the Jazz 
defeated Milwaukee on Friday night, saying the Jazz look like they're having fun. Looks like they're having a good time. Kind of different from last year, right? Yes. There's a little bit of tension and strain on that team. Does that make you think that makes other teams, other players jealous? Like they look like they're having fun. Well, no. I may not be having fun well, with no, my certain I situation. Mean, Enos Cantor didn't have fun because he didn't get to see the mountains. Uh, Trey Lyle didn't have fun because there was quote unquote three hour practices. <laughs> so if you're a winner, yeah, you're having fun. If you're a loser like Cantor, if you're a loser like Trey Lyles, then no, you're not having fun. Um, or you know, excuse me, you're not jealous either. But I think okay, but I will say this. Um, I think Bradley Bill would change the world to come over and play with the Utah Jazz right now, based on his situation. Oh. Bradley Bill would do anything. I think guys like I mean, I, I and I still feel sick as all get out for Kyle Corver. I think he still wants to be here. And I think Kyle Corver sees that and says, Man, they let me go and I I, I just even for veteran leadership and I would have loved to be here. I think that I think there are players that are jealous of what you know, the Jazz are doing, but then they also look over in L.A. and see. And, and here's the thing is that as good as the Jazz are playing, the Lakers are on, on an insane run, and they're playing out of their mind basketball. I know they had three overtime games versus lesser opponents. They lost to Denver in a tough one, but so did the Jazz. Here's the thing, though, is as good as the Jazz are playing, no one's talking about L.A. unless you're a Lakers fan which is all the East Coast and all the West Coast. Yes. And ESPN. It was it was hard for me earlier today listening to Fox Sports Radio because they're wondering, why are we still playing games when you know, Anthony Davis gets a strain? Yeah. Why are we Why are we doing this? It's like, really? They're guys that get injured every day all in the, the all NBA. Time. Yeah. And by the way, speaking of which, uh, playing games at a fast pace, um, it has been reported that basketball games after the All-Star break will start one day earlier than they were supposed to. That'll be March 10th. Now, there's also thought that teams who who have All-Stars in the All-Star game will start later uh, in the return so they can have a chance to get back with their teams, recollect, and then go again. Interesting. But one day earlier is when games... I mean, so if LeBron didn't want to play already, now they're going to start games one day earlier. Yeah, but he'll be named. So the Lakers, either he or Davis, will be named. Yeah. So they won't. It won't affect the Lakers. It, that's going to affect teams like Charlotte and Cleveland and yeah Minnesota. Hey, when's the? Uh, oh, by the way, uh, according to Shams, uh, the NBA will hold their three-point competition and skills challenge in the pregame of the March seventh All Star Game in Atlanta. The dunk contest will be at halftime. See, I like that. Make make it a one big event, one day. Make it exciting. Yeah. Yes. It, yes. It's going to be different. <laughs> like, like there won't be the na- normal festivities. Yeah, I just feel like it's a money grab. That it's just a reach out there and try to get some, you know, money to it. I I don't know. No one's going to care. No one's going to care about it. Uh, and then, speaking of Lakers, LeBron and AD, AD is now being rolled. He'll be out for two to three weeks and then reevaluated. Yikes. For the uh, the All-Star game, just reading uh, from Sam Amick. Who, Hit me. 
basically, you're you're quarantined. You go there, you stay in your hotel. Uh, you're not allowed to leave the hotel property other than for ulcer activities in the arena for extraordinary circumstances, like if you need emergency medical care. Um, and that's that's it. Uh, player guests also have to stay in the hotel. They can't leave the hotel property. Um, and uh, if anybody does, they can't re-enter the hotel or attend the festivities. So it's definitely a different All-Star weekend experience for these All-Stars. Do you think any of these All-Stars say, you know what, I don't want to go play? There will be some. Big names? I mean, LeBron's already made that known, although he said he would still go if it, if it took place. But when push comes to, sh- to shove, LeBron might not. If, if AD, if Anthony Davis is going to be sidelined for two weeks and he's p- already playing more minutes than he normally does at, what, 35 years old? It's, it's going to add up. Those are minutes that uh, in time that he would relish not having to, to, <laughs> to, to put miles more miles on his body during that all-star break. Hmm. I don't know until it happens. What's kind of surprising me, I would think that the second half of the season would be released by now, but I guess, as you as you said, I was about to ask we're you maybe about kind of waiting to see what the all-star situation looks like, Yeah, or which teams may be affected, and then uh, if any makeup games need to take place, how that uh, all comes about. Because there's games going to be postponed now at the San Antonio Spurs. They've had a little bit of an outbreak in their locker room, and so they're having games postponed. Um Utah Jazz already need to make up a game against Washington. Thankfully, that's been the only one for the Utah Jazz, knock on wood. That's the only one that gets postponed for them. But a big one tonight for the Jazz, sticking Huge. on the Philadelphia 76ers. This is a good team, Ajay. They're the number one team in the Eastern Conference. They have an 18-9 overall record. Um, they have lost two in a row, but those have been games to down to the wire. And uh, they're... They're a well-balanced team. They seem to be playing with a little better purpose, especially Joel Embiid. I think he is a different player under Doc Rivers than he has been for most of the rest of his career. First time he's really been a true, legit MVP candidate this late into the season. I say late. Uh, but 29.5 points, 10.5 re- actually just under 11 rebounds. Um, he, he's been really, really good defensively, though. I mean, very actively. In fact, the whole Sixers team has been very... Much improved defensively from last year. Uh, I know Ben Simmons talks to talk about him being that guy. By the way, Donovan Mitchell elevates his game when he plays against the Sixers. It's something about Ben Simmons and just looking at that ugly guy <laughs> and saying, you know what, I just want to put 30 on you tonight. Well, it goes back to uh, the rookie, the whole of, rookie the year. of the year contest. Yeah. yeah. I, and so there's a little bit of. And then Rudy Gobert, obviously, versus Jill Embiid. That's going to be a big conversation tonight, too. What if Rudy has a weakness versus Embiid tonight that worries you? What would it be? Well, just that Embiid can score at multiple different levels. Um, And so they're going to try to take advantage of that. Um, But we've seen when when teams try to throw a big man out there and just hit, try to shoot from three, it doesn't necessarily equal wins for them and big results. Um, you know, Rudy had a hard, kind of a hard time with Nikola Jokic when he had his big game in Denver, but 
that benefited too from everybody in Denver was just shooting out of their minds yeah. in that first quarter, yeah, especially. Yeah, the other thing about it, and I liked how you said that MB can score in a lot of different ways. And you talked about his three point shooting. Is that right? Yeah, it's gotten much better. Rudy still struggles guarding guys on the perimeter. It doesn't matter their size. That's where I'm really worried that Embiid's going to do a lot of damage tonight. Rudy has improved his perimeter defense, but yeah, that's uh, keeping him out of foul trouble, and that that really is the big matchup of the night for me. So no, uh, Mike Conley tonight. He is out for the Utah Jazz. Is that I believe so? That's if I've seen correctly, from what I've I think Tony Jones reported it. Been seen, and then Andy Larson I think was uh, reporting it as well. And so no, no Mike Conley. But I, I mean, we just the train keeps humming along. Uh, another matchup I actually look forward to seeing, and I hope we get to see it a lot. I'd like to see either Bogdanovic or Joe Ingles guard Simmons, like shut him down, find a way to harass him to not allow him to get open jumpers. He like, and you know what? Do you guard him on the three point line, or do you say shoot it? I dare you. No, I back off. Yeah, me too. I mean, if I, he gets one, wow, great, good for you. Yeah, but it's not. It he's not going to hit it again. Yeah, do it again. I dare you. Exactly. And so I think you just. You let him shoot outside the three, and then anything inside, just get in his grill. Make him have to earn it. I, I like the Jazz, and I, I really do. I just think it's been so impressive. And and honestly, if, if I like Coach Snyder over Doc Rivers. Oh, yeah, I, I do. Game planning-wise, like, and, and again, they're at home, so they haven't had to travel. They're rested up. Um, This is nice. Uh, Philadelphia, they played Thursday in Portland. That game was down to the wire. Portland came out on top. Um, and uh, I know you were bagging on uh, Ennis Cantor, but he played a big role in that game. Good for him. Uh, and then on Saturday, Chill. they were in Phoenix, and the Suns beat him 120-111. to 111. Wow. But over the last six games, Embiid has scored 34, 37, 33, 25, <laughs> 35, and 35. <laughs> But also during that stretch, they're three and three. It's pretty good. <laughs> but that, that's a pretty impressive run. But that Embiid has had a forty-two point game, a thirty-eight point game, thirty-seven. I mean, the guy is playing crazy. He had a forty-five point game in a in an overtime win against Miami. He's having a heck of a season. He legitimately is an MVP contender. Yeah. And so Rudy's going to have his hands full trying to slow him down. For me, the bigger question isn't so much. How much can Rudy uh, limit Embiid is uh, as much as who are those other guys that could get going for Philadelphia that could cause the Jazz some trouble? Sure, sure, absolutely. Uh, what does their bench look like and how productive have they been? Uh, I was actually just going to try to look that up. Because I'm kind of interested to see what the bench, because I, I like our bench a lot so far, and I don't know what theirs looks like. I know they, uh, I think... Matisse Seibel still over there, that former Washington cat who gave oh, the Aggies all that good trouble. Player. He's really good. By the way, Embiid is listed as day-to-day. You seen that he's a, what his status is for today? Uh, I've heard he's playing tonight. Let me... Uh, what to do some Jill digging on Embiid. Because yeah, have... they've got the Shake Milton is out. Joel Embiid listed as day-to-day. day-to-day. Well, what is Mike Conley listed on that? He's as? listed as out. Oh, he was? Okay, so yeah. they did update it then. Okay. Um, yeah, I have nothing yet. I'll have to look on Jill Embiid if he is good to go tonight. By the way, uh, you talked about some of the numbers of what he's done. Jill Embiid, according to ESPN Stats and Info, is the fourth player in 76 history 
76ers history, excuse me, to score 25-plus points in at least 10 straight games. He joins Allen Iverson, Wilt, and Charles Barkley. That's nuts. So, um, it's you got Joel Embiid, who anchors everything for the Sixers. Tobias Harris, who he's averaging 20 points a night. Great outside shooter. He can create. Ben Simmons, a facilitator. Uh, he can assist. Uh, rebound, defend, can't shoot the three, but he does a lot of other things. He tacks the rim pretty well. Uh, Shake Milton, he's out. He's been averaging 14 points a game. That's kind of a loss, a blow to them. But Seth Curry is playing really good basketball for them. He's having one of his better careers, shooting the, the three especially. Uh, Danny Green, um, kind of limited minutes, but still he can put up nine points a game. Um, but uh, beyond that, I mean, Dwight Howard off the bench, Kind of know what Dwight Howard can do. And your old friend, Tony Bradley, playing for the Philadelphia 76ers. He ain't playing for the Sixers. He's sitting on the bench watching the Sixers play. Uh, Feibel does play for them. He comes off the bench. He's only averaging three points a game. Hmm. I think he's more... He's a good defender. He's kind of like a Royce O'Neal type where he's maybe more used for his defense than he is for his offense. So reading one article off of Sports Illustrated, um, they said if – they are paraphrasing here. If, if Joel Embiid hadn't been cleared to play yet, by at least last night, it's, then that would mean it's not looking really good at all for him to be playing tonight. Unless they're just trying to keep a hush until, you know, gamesmanship purposes. But don't they release an injury report? Uh, yes, they they should. So they have to announce it at, at some, some point, point. They have to declare that. I'm just trying to. Um, on the I can't uh, find anything on him right now. He is still questionable for tonight's game. Back tightness. So he's questionable. That was as of uh, earlier this afternoon. All right, he's questionable then. I still think he's playing. Like, if he wants to up his MVP resume, he's got to play tonight. That would help a lot. They've lost two in a row. If they want to be considered a serious contender. If he doesn't play tonight, they're, it's going to be three in a row, without a doubt. If he doesn't play tonight, Jazz are winning that game. I, I agree. I don't think Philadelphia has enough firepower to keep up with Utah. And I think that's the biggest thing. I think they can play good defense. I think they'll, they've got some players. But the way the Jazz are playing and how they can stick it in your eye in multiple different places on the court... I just don't think Philadelphia has enough to contend with the Jazz. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. Um, it'd be crazy not to think. Uh, it'd be crazy not to think that he would be playing just for the sake of the Sixers' help to have to guard Rudy Gobert or at least defend him. Um, and so the next question becomes: I know I'm jumping way ahead here, but. The Lakers next week with no AD still scares me as a basketball team because one guy, one guy on that team just scares me that he could take over for the Lakers. Well, it'll be interesting to see how how things progress with the Lakers from now until then. Yeah. If the Jazz were to get them like right after the injury, then when he's out, like a lot of other players will kind of lift – their play to try to compensate for him and may not make that much of a difference, but as time goes on, those fringe players, can they really continue to sustain that level, that higher level 
uh, of uh, of play on the court. And so when the Jazz face them late next week, there's a lot of time between now and then, and I don't know. I, I think that the Lakers will learn a lot about how deep that team is and what the what that team's really what their medal is this this year with uh, that much time without Kevin Durant. But as long as LeBron James is still there, they're going to be a contending team. Yeah, that team still scares me a lot. And I know, and by the way, don't think that the Lakers are overlooking the Jazz next week. I think the Jazz have every bit of their attention. Oh, yeah. And, and, and LeBron knows just because that's in Utah, right? Yes. You want to up your resume as an MVP candidate, go to Utah against the number one team in the Western Conference and go have a, just a massive game. That will open a lot of eyes very, very quickly. Uh, by the way, the Sixers, um, after their game tonight, they return home for a couple of games So uh, against Houston and Chicago. So uh, I almost wonder if they'd rather just keep Embiid out because they're heading home anyway Yeah, before they head out on another uh, road trip to play keep Toronto out Embiid, down maybe, in Florida. Huh? And that Toronto game is going to be big too. What do you? What would you do? Uh, would, would you sit him tonight? Well, I I would just see how how much he thinks he could go. Yeah, I, I would want to test his limits. How much do you think you can go? Because this is a a good team. This would say a lot for our team. If I'm the Philadelphia 76ers, if we can beat the Jazz in Utah, that says a lot about who we are, and if we're legit title contenders or not. So I'd want to try to get the win, but. If uh, if if it's too, the tightness is too much in the back, and he doesn't have the movement, and you're worried about his, you know, are you going to risk one game versus many more games to come? I think you have to be mindful of still what's down the line, what still has to be played, and you have to manage his injury and manage his health. Uh, do you have the Lakers schedule by chance? I should have looked that up. I I didn't. I do. Uh, Wojnarowski is reporting that Davis is extremely unlikely to return to the lineup prior to the All-Star game break. Okay, so this is what they have left. Going to March 10th. So they have Minnesota tomorrow at Minnesota. Okay, that's a win. They have uh, Then they return home for three games. Brooklyn, Miami, and Washington. Oh. They travel to Utah on the 24th. They return home to take on Portland, Golden State, and Phoenix, and then finish at Sacramento on March third. What are the dates of those three home? So games? So they only have three road games to finish out the, the until the break. What are the three games? Or to me, what are the dates of those three games before the Jazz? The dates? Yeah, uh, Brooklyn on February eighteenth. Okay. Miami on the twentieth. Twentieth. Washington on the twenty second. So every, really, their schedule is every two days they play, without fail. Oh man, I was getting, if that game would ended up being on the twenty third, LeBron wasn't going to play on the twenty fourth. LeBron would not have; he either would have sat out the twenty third and played the twenty fourth, or vice versa. But if it's on the twenty second, he's going to play no matter what in Utah. And that twenty fourth game is a is a later game. It's going to be on ESPN, as it should be. Yeah. As it should be. Yeah. Make it a premier game. Yep, absolutely. That's uh, it's gonna be biggie. But no, Anthony Davis is massive for the Lakers, especially against a team like the Jazz. Okay, so Jazz tonight against the Philadelphia Philadelphia Seventy Sixers pregame here on the Fan at six fifty. 
Tip-off at 7. David Locke with the full play-by-play. He's awesome, and uh, we're happy to have that here on the fan. Uh, AJ, we got to switch gears now to close out the show. Pick six time. The six things we thought could happen this weekend. You ready for this? Just by your tone of voice, I lost. <laughs> I've became good trying at this. Not to, I'm trying to be as clear as possible that it could be anybody that could have won. That's what you try and do. Okay, number one. Which will be greater on Friday for the Utah Jazz? Three-point shot makes or Jordan Clarkson points? The Jazz made 14 three-pointers. Jordan Clarkson made or had 25 points. So points is what? One, you took the points. I took the makes. So that's one for you. On Saturday, between the the Jazz and the uh, Miami Heat, which would be greater? Rudy Gobert blocks or Royce O'Neal made three-point shots? Rudy had three blocks. Royce O'Neal did not make a three-point shot. So I took the blocks, you took the you took Royce. So we're tied, one on one. Uh Sam Merrill. He uh had a great first game for Memphis. His uh, second game was on uh, over the weekend. And we tried to predict how many points would he have. Set the line at ten and a half. Would he go more or less? I took the under, you took the over. He only had four points. Not a great performance. He did looked a lot better today, by the way. So that's two to one for me. Uh, the Jazz record after their uh, matchups against the Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami Heat, I predicted they'd go two and zero. You said one and one. They beat them both. Uh, who would have more points, uh, Steph Curry or Kevin Durant when they faced each other? Curry had twenty seven. Durant had twenty. I picked Curry. You picked KD. Uh, and then Boise State in their game two over UNLV. You set the line at thirteen and a half. Boise State won by two. Hey, where's my pick six? I gift took the from last under. Week? You took the over. So I win five to one. Tiebreaker doesn't matter. See, I'm, pick, I ordered something nice for you, and it's not here yet. I'm very disappointed. Yeah, I am too. What did you get? I wanted to surprise you. I can't tell you now. Okay, well, you're not getting your gift until I get my gift. This is how it's working. <laughs> you ordered me something? Is it donuts? Am I getting donuts in the mail again? Not that I'm complaining. <laughs> they'll, they'll be a week and a half old. <laughs> you never know. Uh, <laughs> you never know. Well, crap. I got dominated. That's that's a shame. Uh, any of those that really surprised you and how they turned out? Uh, no. Even like even the split didn't even like that turned into a sweep didn't even surprise me. Nor should it. I just, I mean, it's just such good basketball from them, from the uh, Jazz. I predicted Boise State and UNLV would be a closer game, but I, I didn't expect it to be that, that close. close. Yeah. In their second game. Yeah, I'm with you. The, the yeah. game two is usually closer uh-huh. in these two game series. Um, UNLV had their chances. Sure. Hey, other things that we might have missed over the weekend. Uh, Gus Malzahn has now been named as a new UCF coach. Hello. That's a great pickup for them. I like that. Uh, sad news. How about that, that AD? He hires Butch Jones at Arkansas State, and then like weeks later, he goes to UCF and gets Gus Malls. Unbelievable, man! Hey, top twenty-five AP came out. Uh, Aggies are getting some votes, as you mentioned in the first hour. Um, but you know, three of the top five teams are Big Ten, and then there's the Zags, and then there's Baylor. 
That's incredible. That's just loaded with Power 5 teams. And by the way, sad news, Vincent Jackson, former Buck, passed away at the age of 38 today. The investigation is uh, is uh, ongoing. So Yeah, crazy. That's that that is not stuff. great. Well, AJ, that's going to do it for us today on a Monday. Don't forget Utah Jazz pregame at 6.50, tip-off at 7. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll preview. Uh, we'll hear some. We might hear a little bit from Craig Smith. We may hold some of that in reserve until Wednesday. Jazz, or excuse me, the Aggies with a big week this week against Boise State. Big matchup and a lot on the line in the standings of the Mountain West Conference. And uh, we'll break that down. And we'll also get into some really juicy Region 11 games that are on tap as well. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.